0: Everyone to the rabbit Tree Center Homestead Podcast, where we'll discuss all facets of running and operating a rabbit tree. This podcast is intended to be your go-to source of information as we answer all your rabbit tree questions and more. And now, from Bath, Michigan, your host Bobby Jimenez. Hi,
1: everybody! Welcome back to the Rabbitry Center Podcast. Super excited to have Rusty and Gabe back in the studio. How are you guys doing? Fantastic! Feels good to be back. Thanks, man. I'm good. Gabe's good over there. Awesome. So today we're going to address a question that I got on the last podcast from Brian, uh, asking about how rabbit tractors work. And, you know, I went on about my system and how I feed wheatgrass, but I didn't really go into how tractors work. And for folks that are using tractors or want to use rabbit tractors, uh, I'd like to go over it. Rusty has some questions ready to go and uh, really excited to do this podcast. So let's... Let's start whenever you're ready, Rusty. All
0: right. Well, I know that most people use these for chickens. I didn't really realize that they use them for rabbits, too. But mainly they're used for chickens, but you are using utilizing them for rabbits, Um
1: So what are your favorite designs? Yeah, so there's there's rectangles, there's squares, there's triangles. I mean, there's folks that are, you know, just basically taking a two by ten, two by twelve. They they make a square, kind of like a raised bed, and then they'll actually bend over some conduit and they they'll make um like a tunnel and they can just put plastic over it. There's lots of different ways to make these tractors. You can even buy these tractors online, Amazon, but what we use is we have a video on the rabbitry center uh, channel where we have a part one, part two, part three of how to build our rabbitry hutch. We have an extended cage system on that video. And the part three, the conclusion of that video is it includes the run build. We, we walk you right through it step-by-step. Step. Um, it's right around like at approximately eight to 10, two by fours or two by threes. And you can build this run. It's just a simple two foot by two foot by eight foot run. And, or you can, you know, you can make them three feet wide, you can make them 10 feet long, but basically this, this is a run or a tractor rather that uh, you can grow out your rabbits. uh, If that's, you know, something you want to do, if you want to supplement your feed costs like that. So I, I personally, if I were to, to use the tractor, um, I would use that, that design, this, this typical, you know, tractor uh, that is shaped like a a triangle or I'm sorry, shaped like a rectangle. Okay.
0: Well, you know, obviously rabbits, you I mean, you talked in the past that rabbits have sensitive stomachs and uh, you have to be careful. How do you transition them to the tractor environment and ensure they don't have any issues?
1: So this really starts as early as the nesting box. I mean, these newborns, they need to be introduced to cecatropes and you want to make sure you're feeding mama the the greens and the same grass and the weeds that you're going to be feeding them later. So if mom is eating them, she'll be able to produce the secotropes. The secotropes is what uh, conditions the the newborns, the baby rabbits, to the the good bacteria. And that way it inoculates the stomach and it makes it so once they're finally introduced to the greens, uh, shortly after that, they won't have digestive problems. So this digestive system, this hindgut fermentation is just like a rhino, just like a horse. And it's very similar. They're going to eat the same types of grasses and hays. And so it starts that early. So you want to slowly transition these rabbits onto this. This introduce them to whatever you're going to be feeding, as far as weeds and greens. And so, uh, so it starts as early as you know feeding mama. And then once they, um, you know, start hopping out of the nesting box, you want to slowly introduce some greens. How I like to do it is I feed on top of the cage. Mama will eat some of the greens. And some of that will fall through and they'll slowly be introduced. But later, um, like right around, say, as early as five or six weeks, that's when I'll really start um, introducing smaller portions in the cage.
0: Okay. So is there any other, I mean, is there any other introductions or changes between, I mean, you talked about the little ones and you talked about the adults. So which, I mean, obviously at, at that age, are the are the little ones are just starting to eat hay?
1: Yeah, I mean they they basically you know mama's milk um, is really all they they get the colostrum, then they get the mama's milk and once they hit about two three weeks they start hopping out of the nesting box they'll walk over to the watering the the water bowl and that's when they start on water and pellet um, they'll taste that delicious pellet and really that's really all they need mama's milk and and uh, the pellet and the fresh water is pretty much what they need to get to about um, you know, say a month and a half years old and, you know, right around six to seven weeks, that's when we wean them. And finally, uh, when we're moving mama out, because remember we're breeding mama at four weeks and she's already bred, she's already about to to move on to her next litter. So at six to seven weeks, um, that's when we're, we're really starting to feed them. We're kind of preparing them for moving out to that tractor. In event being, you know, and this isn't for everybody. This is basically for folks that are trying to live a self-sustainable life and, and, and they're raising meat rabbits. This is yeah. a system that works specifically for people that are going to be processing their rabbits around 12 weeks.
0: So how many rabbits in the tractor at a time and what's the age that you put them in the tractor? I mean, so they don't go back into the boxes. They don't, I mean, when they get ready to have their babies, you know that they're pregnant and you just take them out of the tractor and put them in a box.
1: Yeah. So, so mama will be moved out uh, right around when, when you're, you're weaning these rabbits. Um, of course, you know, you, you wean the big ones first. We talked about that in a previous podcast, but when Mama's out right around six to seven weeks, um, they will finally be moved out ready to go into this tractor right around eight weeks, two months old. And at two months, By then they've already been introduced to enough greens where they can, I mean, the entire litter can go into this, this uh, tractor. Now, depending on how big your tractor is in our tractors, we talked about how it's either two feet wide, you know, the tractor that we build specifically on that video is two feet wide by two feet tall by eight feet long. And, or you can make them And we simply can just buy 10 foot long two by fours. Really. It's not that tough to follow that system, follow that video and just use 10 foot long two by fours to give these rabbits a little bit more space. But this, even the, even the eight foot long run will house an entire litter of rabbits. You know, we're talking eight to 10, 10 rabbits. So one litter at
0: a time, you're not mixing families.
1: Uh, no, you're not, you don't, you don't want to mix litters because that way Um, you know, just depending on if, especially if they're the same color, you wouldn't really know who belongs to who. And, and again, you know, this is if you're processing all these rabbits, it doesn't really matter. But if you're selling them, then that's a whole different story. Okay. So
0: do they get any pellet after that point, after you get, start releasing them to the weeds and the grasses and stuff naturally, because you're moving this tractor around
1: periodically. So pellet is like a, It's a, it's a balanced diet. It's specifically formulated by livestock nutritionists. It's pretty much everything that they need in order. I mean, there's even a small percentage of salt that's in the pellet. So, I mean, there's, there's fat content, there's all these different things. And, you know, folks back in the day had to work really hard to make sure that they had superior nutrition, to gather all this stuff to make sure their rabbits could still breed and have big litters and things. And when you're feeding like grass or, or the stuff that you grow, you may experience a longer grow out time instead of like feeding pellet. Pellet is incredibly convenient, but the, the problem is it's expensive. It's expensive. It's getting more and more expensive every day. And you know what, what we've really experienced is in just recently is all these shortages. I've gone to the store. There hasn't been any pellet, you know, I'm on a program and I recommend folks if you guys have feed stores near you you can call and start accounts you can actually tell them hey you know my name is you know John so-and so and and um, you know please special order three bags of 50 pound pellet every month and you know call me when it comes in and that way they'll they'll keep you on a rotating order so you, when you show up to the store there's always pellet waiting for you and in some cases they'll keep them as long as six months to 12 months and that's that's a terrific way to go about it, but it's expensive. And that's the problem is, is like, you need to do, to do that in order to show, so you don't show up at the store and there's nothing there waiting for you. So right. in, in many cases I'll have my pellet, but somebody else coming in, coming in the door, walking in the door, they're not going to, they're not going to have anything available for them. Cause you just bought it. Well, cause I have a special order. That's so is,
0: in that situation, that other guy walking through the door, is there anything else to help them along? in the absence of pellet when you're doing that transition.
1: No, that's why I recommend like contacting the manager or setting up some sort of order where, you know, you have pellet on a rotation where they're ordering this, they're keeping it on the shelves because they're not going to put it. They're not going to take your special order and put it out on the shelf because they're going to keep it in the back. They're going to keep it in the warehouse. That that's a, that's a way it's almost like a security where there will always be pellet waiting for you. Because of these shortages, these shortages are, are, it's just a headache. So unless you set something up like that, you may experience where you're going to the store regularly and there's nothing on the shelf. So that's why I recommend, you know, doing it that way. So how do you handle the watering? So, um, you know, regular, regularly our system, we use watering bowls, but our rabbitry hutch, it's set up 40 inches high. And that's, you know, for it's specifically set up that way to keep your rabbits safe, keep them away from cottontails, keep them away from predators. And, you know, studies have shown that rabbits will actually drink more from bowls versus the bottles. Not that, you know, there's many productions out there that are using bottles and they, you know, they have a lot of success, but the problem is in Michigan, we have freezing temps about four to five months a year. So, those don't really work unless we were to to run power out to our rabbitry hutch and plug everything in. We would have to keep heated bottles. So those nipples wouldn't freeze those nipples. Those have a little ball bearing on the very end of the nipple and they'll freeze they'll stop drinking. And if they stop drinking, they won't eat. And then your rabbits aren't, aren't hydrated. They're not healthy. They're not, they don't have the nutrition. So that's why we use bowls. And every 12 hours we're out there changing our bowls and, um, so with the the rabbit runs with the tractors, the reason why we don't use bowls anymore is because there's so many squirrels and cottontails and, you know, chipmunks. Chipmunks are just, I can't stand chipmunks. I, I, they're, they're just so destructive and they're they'll chew those actually, they'll chew the bungees that we strap our bowls down with. I mean, I just absolutely can't stand chipmunks.
0: I don't blame you. They and, stole Donald Duck's. Model boat off of his shelf and took it out on the water. that
1: alone is a good reason. stored to hear.
0: all those acorns, flooded the boat, sank it,
1: yeah, those cheek packed thieves, yes, so they're just I uh, can't stand them so so basically, what we'll do is we'll adopt we'll start entertaining a different system where we have these bottles that we we get on Amazon that are forty four ounces they're they're just monsters, and we'll use those. So when we're, you know, running now and and regularly, we'll get into why I don't regularly run these tractors only because of our system is a little different, but when we do run or when we have in the past, when we run these tractors, we specifically use these big bottles. So it'll hold water longer, but the one challenge is, you know, if the litter is big, we'll introduce more than one bottle and we'll try to keep them on the shady side. So they don't, you know, just continue to get hot. Nobody wants to drink a hot bottle of water, but so the bottles the nipples that's just something that rabbits with our system they're not used to so we'll notice sometimes they don't really go through the bottle because they're just new to it they're not they're not familiar with it so what we do is we just start dabbing some peanut butter on that nipple and it won't be long before they start investigating it and and they all discover the water bottle so today we're going to actually talk about scythes uh with with the so today we're going to actually talk about the scythe tool. This is the tool that you use to clear grass, clear hay. Um, this is the tool that you you know that you can get into tough to tough to get to areas uh, where maybe your lawnmower, or your tractor can't get into. And, and this is still used in some areas of the world. I mean, folks that just don't even have equipment. But these are not. This is not cheap tool. This is. This is not a cheap tool. This in in I was surprised when I bought mine, how much I spent on the, you got to buy the handle. You got to buy the blade. You have to buy the sharpener. Everything's separate. There's not like I, I've searched. I can't find a package deal. So it is an investment. Of course it's, it's less expensive than a tractor or a lawnmower, but this is how you would go about harvesting your own hay, harvesting your own food plot. If you ever wanted to, um, you know, start harvesting your own food, fresh food for your rabbits. We have specific lessons on our feed course that talk about the scythe, using the scythe, growing food plots, growing hay. This is the tool that's necessary in order to do all that. So um, this is a pretty loaded advertisement. Um, Rusty's super pumped to, to share this with you. So take it away, Russ. So a scythe
0: is commonly known as, some people call it a sling blade, some people call it a scythe. Uh, it's basically an agricultural tool that was used for uh, cutting down and harvesting crops, historically used to cut down and reap like edible grains before the process of threshing. The scythe has been largely replaced by horse-drawn and tractor machinery, but is still used in some of the areas of the world. Now, this particular scythe, a Mueller scythe, snath the handle, steel tube Krenhoff made in austria Uh, this is 89.99 made in austria by people who know about scythes steel tube handle 64 inches long has two wood handles to adjust for the ease of use these snaths work with most scythe blades in particular austrian blades comes with scythe ring and wrench to attach the blade uh, these are made by Mueller, Krenhoff, Offner, known for their Austrian work ethic and quality steel. Now, this is not a kit, so you have to buy the blades separately. So this is a Seymour lightweight scythe blade, tops uh, 28 inches length, good for reedy grasses, uh, thatch and woody stemmed plants and weeds. Better for lush vegetation, though, uh, best for light, thin grasses. Um... Again, this blade length is 28 inches. Now, of course you need a sharpener too. So Wiseman Trading Arctic Fox sells a scythe sharpening stone. Uh, You can use this to sharpen your axes, your machetes, other tools that you might have. Again, these are all made in the USA. 400 grit, length nine inches with one inch, three eighths in thickness, half inch.
1: Terrific. Thank you, Rusty. And taking that sharpener, you just slide it right down the side of the blade, and then you'll just simply slide it right down the, the other side of the blade. It's only a matter of maybe four or five passes, and it is razor sharp. And it's it's pretty tough. I mean, I, I just simply keep mine outside. I have these four-inch long screws, these exterior deck screws that screw right into the side of my, my shed, and I'll hang it right on the side of my shed I mean, it's, it's, it's practically weatherproof proof when I, when I take that sharpening stone, um, it's like, it's brand new again. And the, what I've noticed is it's easiest to cut when there's a little bit of dew. I go out there in the morning and there's a little bit of dew on the grass. So I use this for basically my food plots, uh, cutting hay areas. I can't get my tractor in. It's it's an absolute terrific tool for anybody who's raising livestock, wants to grow their own hay. You know, growing your hay and harvesting your own hay is is pretty laborious, but if you're willing to do it, it's terrific exercise. And this is the tool that you'll need. So, and it is an investment. So tell me why rabbit trees would all of a sudden make that change? I mean, it seems kind of drastic. So basically the, the fact that you can feed the rabbits for free, it's, that's a terrific choice, but it's not good for everybody because like take our, our situation, our production, for example, we, we can't run tractors because we sell our rabbits. And when you're selling rabbits right around anywhere from two to three months, if I were to go out and grab a rabbit, and, you know, because there's a lot of horseplay in the run. There's a lot of horseplay in these tractors. So they're going to be jumping over each other. are going to be clawing. Maybe you'll have scratches in their ears. You'll have, um... You know, it, they could even get their eyes damaged or something like that. And that's not really a big deal if you're going to be processing these rabbits right around three months. But those and, aren't the ones you want to sell. Exactly. So Because if, if somebody were, you know, they ha- we have reservations, we have appointments, and when somebody's going to come out, um, say, in a week to purchase this blue rabbit, for example, and we walk out and we see the blue rabbit has now got... Um, you know, a scratched, eye. Out, yeah, or a or a yeah, damaged eye or something from somebody jumping on it or jumping over it. Then now we know. Okay, now we have to make a phone call. Now that may even cost us a sale or money. Now this isn't a big deal if you're just you know processing all these rabbits. So, you know that sort of scenario, it's not going to be a big deal. But that's why we run our rabbits all in cages. We keep them in cages. We can't run them in tractors because we have to make sure that these rabbits are are 100 healthy. There's no injuries. And also there's, there's things like fleas and ticks and, uh, you know, there's also problems like cottontails can transmit, wild rabbits can transmit diseases. And, you know, we, there's things like, you know, coccidiosis and, mixomatosis um, and tularemia, rabbit fever, uh, RHD, rabbit hemorrhagic disease, RHD2, RHDV. I mean, these are all very real things that can be transmitted just by rabbits coming up to the cage wire. And you can try to, to run cage wire around the outside of the tractor. You can try to run cage wire on the inside, like a double buffer where there's like a two-inch, three-inch buffer where the rabbits will never touch their, they never come in contact with your domestic rabbits. You can even go as far as running cage wire, or another fence for a perimeter outside your runs you know this is this is these are very real problems so this is why folks you know may want to entertain different options but if you're running a system where you're just living a self-sustainable life you're trying to put chemical free meat in the freezer and you're not necessarily supplementing your feed costs or your operation costs for selling rabbits and setting up appointments then this is probably perfect for you this is a terrific way to, to to feed your rabbits for free because there's a lot of vitamins and minerals in the grass and the weeds around your property, you know, hay, it also is, it's got the long fibers and it's, it's got that coarse um, um, it's got that coarse feed where it's going to keep things moving. This is how you avoid bloat or GI stasis. But, you know, especially if you're processing right around 12 weeks, it's not really that long of a, a system where you have to worry about things like, um, parasites. And, you know, and again, you know, I should say, you know, unless there's like a breakout in your area of RHD or tularemia, you you probably don't have to worry about that. But these are still problems that other people, I mean, they, people are going through things all over the country, all over the world. You get on Facebook and you read stuff, it'll scare it. It'll scare the heck out of you. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to run into that. Well, a lot of these problems are isolated. You know, the chances of this, you know, like blood board pathogens and stuff. I mean, like, you know, I just perfect example. I did a Bobby Bucks uh, processing video where I processed some venison with my hands I didn't have latex gloves on. And if you're a butcher or a processor, you absolutely want to to use latex gloves. When you're handling so many deer and so and processing so much meat, of course your chances go up. Just like when you're a beekeeper, The fact that you're going to become allergic one day from, from being stung by bees goes up by 30%. Once you're a beekeeper, if you're a butcher, your chances of bloodborne, bloodborne, pathogens goes up. But when you're only processing maybe one or two deer, your chances are so slim. And, you know, I, I get these comments all the time and a lot of people get so scared where they don't even want to entertain things. So I'm not trying to like scare you out of running tractors or, you know, the chances of, uh, again, getting bloodborne pathogens is there's about 200 cases in the United States every year. That is 0.00006. That is so close to even being 1% of the the, the population. So right. basically what I'm getting at is your chances are very, very good where you're not going to run into any of these problems. But I just think it's worth mentioning. And these are very real things that can happen you know there is rabbit fever there is there is things like coccidiosis so that's why it's important to move these tractors every day so sorry to go off on a tangent but that's just you know that that's where i what i was trying to explain yeah
0: let's jump off the nightmare train for a moment <laughs> uh, get back to the tractors so um what do you do during the winter time i mean are these tractors only utilized in warm environments because obviously you have to move them and you start getting snow on the ground. you're not moving them through you know six inches of snow, right?
1: Yeah, good point. I mean, it really depends on where you live. You could have sandy soils, rocky soils. Um, and like here in Michigan, we have you know, sometimes four to five months of of snow. And our snow will get you know sometimes twenty inches deep, even even deeper than that. So it's not always an option. You know, so you can you can try to entertain this spring, summer, and fall but there is going to be a point where you you either have to have enough food fresh food stored that you grew and or you you know you'd have to entertain feeding feeding the pellet so
0: so how do you keep like predators away how do you keep your uh herd safe as far as uh i mean this thing is mobile it's not like you can stake fencing down into the ground around it because you're it's meant to be mobile how are you how are you keeping predators out
1: well as far as the so like the, the the run has to be shaded that's why you we use the white corrugated plastic um because rabbits are prone to heat stroke so of course you want to make sure they're not overheating that, that white corrugated plastic i mean not even to get into predators we should talk about the heat um that alone can kill your rabbits. The white corrugated plastic reflects the heat. It really helps with things. Plus we'll run two inch by four inch cage wire on the bottom of the tractor or run. I'm going to use that. I mean, the run and tractor is used synonymously. I'm going to, I'm going to refer to it sometimes as a run because that's what we use it as. So I apologize for that. I'm talking about a tractor, but So you want to make sure that that cage floor bottom is on the bottom because it helps the rabbits. It prevents the rabbits from getting out. It prevents the the predators from digging in and getting to your rabbits. But, you know, things like luckily here in Michigan, lower Michigan, we don't have to worry about bears. We don't have to worry about like mountain lions. Now we have actually had bears and mountain lions. Seldomly do we ever see some making it this far down into our area. We'd, I think it was five years ago, the DNR had a mountain lion in the area and everybody was freaking out, but it's like the chances of even seeing one is so slim. So, but these, the arms on a mountain lion is just, it's insane. They could rip apart this cage and nope no time, a, a bear. I mean, these, these rabbits would be sitting ducks. So if you have that problem, that's a very real problem. You really want to entertain electric fencing. You want to put a perimeter or a cage wire around where you're running these cages and moving these cages. So, but things like, um, you know, raccoons, um, um, uh, like, uh, foxes, fishers, um, things like that. I mean, that's really you know, even like in some areas they have um, snakes, pythons. I mean, that's when you want to take your cage wire and you probably want to entertain like more like a hardware cloth where it's half inch by half inch. That's that's going to prevent snakes from making their way in and pulling pulling uh, rabbits out and, and that sort of thing. So that's that's how you'd want to prevent that.
0: All right. Well, is there any other things to look out for? Any other cons to this utilizing this uh Tractor program?
1: The longer that these rabbits stay in these runs, there's a possibility where they could, of course, they could get fleas, they could get ticks. Um, You know, there's parasites. Whenever rabbits are sharing ground, open ground, uh, there's a possibility that they could, you know, get worms. I mean, even coccidiosis is a very real threat. I mean, that's why you want to make sure that you move these, these runs every day, these tractors every single day, because there's manure, there's urine on this the grass and the weeds. And you certainly don't want to continue to feed the same grass and weeds that they're, you know, they, they have urine and manure on. So you have to make sure that's the kind of a con where you have to go out there and move these every single day. The good news is they're pretty light depending on how big your tractor is. Uh, you want to make sure you know that's what's good about this design is that it's simple you know you know a, a child a, a, somebody who's older can can simple it's simple to move but if you live in an area where you get a lot of rain or there's flooding i mean you want to make sure that you're moving this to high ground if you're going to run these tractors and you have a lot of low spots in your area then you may want to entertain some topsoil and making sure that things level out so these rabbits aren't sitting in puddled areas or low ground
0: So if you're moving them every day, do you have to have part of it wrapped all the time with some type of canvas so you can create your own shade?
1: Yeah, so it's important to use white corrugated plastic. And this white corrugated plastic, you can can get from Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards. They usually are sold in 12-foot sections by 2 feet, so it's 24 inches by 12 feet long. And it's kind of a, a bear to get home. You know, I, I drive, um, a Toyota Tacoma, so I had to actually take my trailer. And even with my eight foot by six foot trailer, I mean, that thing is hanging comfortably off the end, like, like a, like a noodle just flopping. So I basically just had to, um, you know, buy, I think I bought three or four pieces and that was enough where I could put enough on the top. I could, I could, um, enclose the enclosure where the rabbits can jump into at night and our, our entire rabbit hutch, our runs, they all have corrugated white, corrugate, white corrugated plastic over it because this helps reflect the sun. It helps keep your rabbits cool. And we use two-inch by four-inch cage wire all the way around because we don't have a problem with uh, snakes or uh, we don't have fishers in this area. And if, if folks, if for those of you that aren't familiar with a, what a fisher is, a fisher is like a um, weasel. Yeah, it's kind of like a weasel, but it's kind of how it's like, a, it's a bigger, it's like a big giant ferret, maybe the size of a raccoon. And it has a little bear head. It's got these cute little bear ears and, uh, it's a, it's a different kind of animal.
0: So let's talk about pelts.
1: Um, you know, obviously everybody sees
0: rabbit pelts and rabbit feet and, uh, lucky rabbit's foot. Um, when's the best time to process, those pelts, uh, so that they're not that tough. You're not tearing through them. Um, how long, you know, should you grow the rabbit to have the best pelt?
1: Right. Cause if you try to process those too early, if you take a fryer, which is 12 weeks or younger and you try to, you know, pelt that rabbit out, um, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be, um, not necessarily tough, but it's going to be tough to work. So, so basically if you're, Um, And I'm glad you asked this because if if you are ever entertaining, growing your rabbits out past fryer stage where you want to get some pelts, remember rabbits sexually mature right around three and a half months, right around approximately 14 weeks. So if that's the case, you can't take a litter and leave them together that long because rabbits will breed. So you're going to want to entertain two tractors, two runs. You're going to have one tractor for the males and one tractor for the females. That way you can avoid surprise breeding. And that way, if you have, um, of course, these rabbits are going to be roasters, but, you know, roasters at four months or five months, they're still delicious. It's not as if it's going to be that tough. And, you know, you can still have um, a little bit bigger, a little bit more pound. Um, it's maybe you'll get four or four and a half pounds rather than three and a half pounds at processing. And also you'll have a, a pelt, you'll have a hide that you'll be able to work where if you were to scrape it or if you were to try to uh, pull that membrane off, you're not going to have all these tears like you would if you were to try to work a fryer pelt.
0: So you wouldn't work through it as quick. You're you're not going to cut through the skin as much. You can scrape it a little bit more and it's still going to be tough.
1: Yeah. And in my experience, when I go to try to, work a hide that's say, you know, 11 or 12 weeks, when I go to try to peel the membrane off or, or take a pelt scraper, um, you'll, you'll tear, you'll literally tear some of the hide off and you'll have these little tears that are like the size of a 50 cent piece. And you can, I mean, you can still always take that hide and cut little areas out where you can, you know, have your, your, cuffs around, um, a coat or your lapel, or, um, if you're trying to make mittens or even like slippers, that's still, you can use those, that piece for those type of, uh, you know, garments. But yeah if you want to have a nice pelt to, for like a doily or maybe something on the wall or something, you're probably going to want to entertain, you know, a four month or a five month, at least old rabbit. You know, I, I I, mean, I have several. I still have at least a half a dozen in different rooms hanging on the wall. I mean, I just I just love them. I got all different colors. I mean, you know, right by the ping pong table, you see the, the red, the blue, and the white. I mean, they're really cool to have, but they're very difficult to work unless you grow them out that long. And if you're going to grow yeah. them out that long, then you're going to want to have two tractors.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we actually <laughs> went through all of our questions that we had and um, did you want to say anything as far as the website and
1: be sure to check us out on the rabbitrycenter.com. We have courses available whenever you're ready to take your rabbitry to the next level, you can start profiting selling more rabbits. Uh, you can also uh, register your rabbitry on our uh, rabbitry map. Right now we're still running a sale for $10. Normally it's $20. We have folks joining that every week. It's a terrific deal. In most cases, you have to pay a registry fee. You have to pay an annual fee. And we only charge $10 because we want to run a service where there's, we want more rabbitries out there. We want folks, we want to help folks sell rabbits. You know, we're, we are called the rabbitry center, but I literally want to be the rabbitry center. So be sure to take, ch- take advantage of that deal as long as you can. It will go up our sales. Right now are still running for the new year, our full course for, for profiting for business. And then also our feeder course, uh, where you guys can, can stop buying pellet and you can start learning how to grow your own feed and, just like what we talked about today, running tractors, uh, there's two videos specifically dedicated to uh, showing you how to build your tractor and how to run uh, your rabbits and and you know just avoid pellet. There's different programs on there, so be sure to take advantage of that. And uh, there's there's more products and services on our website as well. So and you can always reach out to me, Bobby at the rabbitrycenter.com, and you can call Rusty. His number is seven. <laughs> I actually don't know. Thank you your, very much. I don't know what your phone number is. Well, I think it's best. <laughs> right. It's 6575309. Oh, something like that. Not at <laughs> all close. What's that 80s song? 8675309. Oh, that is
0: it. Yeah. That is my number. Yep.
1: So imagine that poor guy that had that number. Yeah. He was really? crank called. I think
0: it was actually an English line. Yeah. I think they were an English band. Okay and Most of them are
1: You never know it you know, Until they start getting interviewed Hello Go Britain And, you're, and then you're like Oh man Oh gosh <laughs> That's terrible Yep um, So thanks so much for tuning in Thanks for listening you guys We love everybody English people are good Okay I don't mean to bash them Just joking Go ahead and bash them Don't bash them
0: We love everybody Thanks
1: for listening We'll see you on the next podcast See
0: you on the next podcast Or not I'm not sure See ya We'll be back.